Welcome to Tech Talk Online, sponsored by Stratford University. You can listen to Tech Talk Live in the Washington, D.C. area, Saturday mornings from 9 till 10 on the following frequencies. 1500 AM, 1045 FM, 1035 FM HD2, and 1039 FM HD2. We thank you for listening to Tech Talk Radio. Interfacing complete. Please stand by. Now downloading Tech Talk Radio with Dr. Richard Schertz and Jim Russ. Tech Talk Radio, it's technology you can understand. And now here are Dr. Richard Schertz and Jim Russ. Welcome to Tech Talk Radio. We are in the virtual faculty lounge at Stratford University talking technology. I'm Dr. Richard Schertz. And I'm Jim Russ. Lots to talk about on today's show. First, we'll take a deep dive into the mailbag and answer your questions. Among some of the things we'll talk about today, the teen hack of the week. Teens using AirPods for clandestine communication while they're in class. We'll also talk about a really bad idea, the TikTok outlet challenge. Dr. Schertz will talk about one of his mishaps with electricity, a potential close call. Then there's the product of the week, Color Coral Cleansing Gel, something you can use to clean your electronic devices. A pretty important thing to have around these days in the COVID period. Tech Talk host emeritus David Bird will stop by for a chat and to complain about the ever-increasing size of cell phones and electronic devices, something he doesn't want to shove into his pocket. And finally, we will hop into the Stratford trawler, shove off from the dock, head out to sea, and then into the virtual kitchen for food science. As Dr. Schertz answers the burning question, why is most fish white? And this week, we're going to feature the man who actually invented the battery. Now, we talked earlier, the man who improved the lithium-ion battery, but the question is, who actually invented the battery? We're going to go through the life of Alessandro Volta. Very he, good. He well invented done. the battery. And, of course, it was a huge, huge mailbag. There's a letter Look in at your that. mailbox. Wow. New year, new him. Wow, very nice. We got an email from Susan in Alexandria. Good morning, Dr. Schertz. How about Tony Brooker, a contemporary and colleague of Alan Turing, perhaps foremost among the many contributors to computer science? He developed AutoCode, the first commercially available high-level program. He would be a great suggestion for profiles in IT. Uh, Also, Happy New Year to you, Jim, Andrew, Kevin, and Mr. Big Voice. Why, thank you, Susan. Susan and Alexandria. Well, thanks for the suggestion, Susan. That's a good suggestion. You don't know how much Doc appreciates that because uh, it's getting tough to find new people. It is. I've I've done over 400 profiles in IT or maybe 450, and you know. You know, and today's, I guarantee, today's will really be a blast. Uh, uh, so make sure you stick around and listen to Profiles in IT today. We got an email from June in Burke. Dear Doc and Jim, my iPhone has died on me. The battery needs to be replaced. I need to get text messages at work, iMessages. Is there a way I can get the iMessages on my Windows 10 computer so I can at least communicate with people? This is critical. Help, June in Burke. Well, June... Apple really doesn't want to share their iMessage app with other companies, so your options are slim. There is an iOS emulator, iPadium. <laughs> and what? iPadium. It's an iOS emulator. So, and and I was reading that 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 that, that includes iMessage. So, iPadium did not really get great reviews, but I said, well, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. So I installed iPadium last night and. 
Uh, it is a pretty dorky interface, and there is no iMessage on it. So, boom, mm. it's gone. So they were wrong. Like I can see why the reviews were bad. So you're really your only option to get iMessage on your machine is to set up a virtual machine in your computer's uh, window com- in your Windows c- computer operating system. Set up a, vir- a VM virtual machine, and then install the Mac operating system there. So it it actually looks like a Macintosh computer. And then once you've got the Mac operating system on there, you can you can then activate iMessage. Now you're this is I mean it's complicated. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's really worth it. You you know, you got two options for VM machines, virtual machines. You can have the Oracle Virtual Box Manager, Virtual Box. And you've also got the VM workstation player or VMware player. And so you can pick either one of those. Uh uh, the uh, and and they they you can get them for if you if you only need it for like a month or so you, the you know I think VMware comes with a free trial so you can give it a shot but you're going to have to have a copy of the Mac, Mac operating system that may cost you money if you don't if you don't have a Mac around there but you install that and you get iMessage now there's another option June that that you could have is that you could if you don't have to have iMessage you could use WhatsApp and you can there's a very easy WhatsApp Inter, you know, web version of WhatsApp. Uh, you could use Viber, so you could get you could get the web program for some of these uh, uh, voice over IP uh, programs that also have messaging, and that that would work too. And they actually share the software, so you can install it on other machines. They're not so proprietary like Apple is with iMessage. We got an email from Scotty in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Dear Doc and Jim, I've got an iPhone 11. But I've never installed antivirus software. And, you know, I hear all kinds of bad stuff if you don't have antivirus software installed. Is it okay? Or should I do something? Scotty in Fort Lauderdale. Well, the short answer, Scotty, is no. You don't need to install antivirus software on your iPhone. That's because your iPhone operating system, iOS, forces apps running on the device to run in a way that isolates them from the operating system itself. They, they like run a little sandbox. So if, so if you basically corrupt that app, it can't get at the operating system because it's got it's in a completely different portion of RAM, no shared RAM, and it can't get at the operating system. It's, it's a very safe way to, uh, to run apps, and it makes the iPhone very secure. Now, it still could be possible to do it, but it's very, very difficult. And the risk of uh, of the iPhone catching a virus is so small that it doesn't make much sense to run an antivirus app on on one. However, if you decide to jailbreak your iPhone or iPad, love that term, jailbreak it, so that you can install unauthorized apps, the built-in protections that I just talked about are rendered ineffective. So if you jailbreak your iPhone, you in fact can easily get infected with the virus. So in that case, you probably want to run antivirus. But I would recommend just don't jailbreak the phone. We got an email from Drew in Alexandria. Dear Tech Talk, I love to surf the web with the Chrome browser. Now, sometimes in my exuberance, I'll close a tab by mistake. And it's a tab I wanted to keep. And then I can't get the web page back again. Is there a way to undo closing the browser tab? I, I I don't. I mean, it's gone. I don't know if I don't know if that option exists, but it would certainly make life easier. Love the show, Drew and Alexandria. Well, Drew, you can reopen your browser tag. All you have to do is press three keys at the same time: Control, Shift, and T. 
Control-Shift-T, T stands for tab, Control-Shift-T, that combination will reopen the last tab that was closed. And if you press Control-Shift-T again, through three keys going down at the same time, you'll reopen the tab that was done before that, and you can keep going back in the tab. So that's a very, very convenient. By the way, this works on all major browsers, just not Chrome. Now, there are some more shortcuts that are pretty nice. Suppose you want to delete all the cookies that have been stored on your browser because you just don't like to share that stuff. You want privacy. All you have to do is hit Control-Shift-Delete, and that will delete the cookies that have been stored in the browser. You can hit the Control key plus the Plus key, Control-Plus, and you'll zoom in the page, or else you'll make the text bigger. You can hit Control plus the Minus key, and you'll zoom out and you'll make the, or make the text smaller. And if you hit Control plus F5... You will force your browser to load a fresh copy of the current page. You see, a lot of times web pages are stored in a cache uh, somewhere on the web, or maybe they're stored in cache right on your computer if you keep going back to the same web page, and it will pull the web page from cache rather than going to the actual actual web page itself to get the latest copy of it. And if you want to, and some pages that change quickly, you really want to get the latest copy. So if you hit Control F5, you get the latest copy. We got an email from Virginia in Fairfax. Virginia. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we got from Virginia in Fairfax, Virginia. Yes. Dear Tech Talk, I forgot my Wi-Fi password. My Windows 10 computer logs onto my computer automatically, but now I have a second computer and I need to connect to the router. Is there a way to discover the password that's stored in my first computer? That would really be convenient. Virginia in Fairfax, Virginia. Well... <laughs> Well, Virginia, it is easy to, easy to forget a Wi-Fi password. Um, and uh, since all your devices log onto it automatically, you don't have to enter, enter it in each time. But luckily, with Windows, there's a way to recover that password so you can read it. So what you want to do is open up the, uh, open up the control panel from the drop-down menu. And you, just, you could search. You could go to the search box, put in control panel, come up. Then you want to click on network. And Internet, and then you want to click on Network and Sharing Center, and then you want to click on View Active Circuits, Networks, and then click on a box called Wi-Fi Status. Then you click on Properties of that box, and then you select the Security tab. And the Security tab has the password there, but it's all stars. But there's a little checkbox there, and if you can put the checkbox that says Show Characters, there will be your password in all of its glory. So if that was a little quick for you, when I post the uh, the show uh, the the show transcript on Monday, you'll be able to read that and get right to it. Or you just or you could just go there and play around with it, and you'll you'll find it. It's under the security tab under network properties, and just uncheck and check the box so you can see what's there. And that's all there is to it. And so you you can easily recover your password from a computer that is remembering your password. We got an email from Alice in Alexandria. Dear Doc and Jim, help. Whoa. My taskbar is on the right side of the screen. <laughs> yeah, I hate when that happens. How do I move the taskbar to the bottom? I can hardly use my computer. <laughs> well, Alice, a lot it's of people. It's easier than you think. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize, but the taskbar can, can be placed anywhere. It can be put on the and left, the right, the or the one, top. She probably moved it by accident, right? That's probably. Because I've done it, but I'm like, how did I do that? I know. She's sitting there with her uh, with her, uh, with, with her monitor on its side so she can. <laughs> 
She turned the monitor on its side, so so she's got it on the bottom. Uh, you know that. That's but just, then everything else is sideways. Everything. Yeah, that's just that's really not really a good uh, a good method to do it. So no. it, it turns out you can just drag the um, you can just drag that around. So what you want to do first of all, you you, you want to right you want to go to the taskbar itself wherever it's located right click on it in an area that's not used right and then you want to make sure that lock the taskbar is unchecked otherwise it won't move so you want to uncheck lock the taskbar tech uh, taskbar <laughs> lock I'm here to the help. taskbar thank you then what you want to do find another place on the uh, on the taskbar that's not used by an icon hold down the left key of your mouse, and then just drag it where you want. And you can just drag it from the right side down to the bottom and drag it anywhere, and then it'll, it will just move. You can just drag it down to, the, to another side. It's, it'll only be on four positions, up, down, left, right. And then once it's moved, then you want to right-click on it, and then you put lock the task bar, and then you're guaranteed that you won't move it by accident. So that's all you have to do. Um and we get a good idea to lock it once you put to put it down there. Yeah, right? yeah. After you put it down there, lock it, and then you won't move you have it to by worry mistake. About it again. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes people just sort of get a little exuberant with their mouse, and they they move the taskbar, and they don't know, they don't know what they did. I've done it all the time. I was like, what did I do? We got an email from Eric in Springfield. Dear Tech Talk, I've got a number of Ring devices in my house. I got a doorbell. I've got cameras all over the place. I'm worried because I've heard that many of these devices have been hacked and people can view the cameras remotely. What can I do to protect my family's privacy, Eric in Springfield? Well, Eric, this is a problem, and there have been a lot of, of Ring devices that actually have been hacked by by people looking around. Now, <clears throat> when I checked into it, Amazon said their central servers were not hacked. Most accounts were hacked because users used the same password everywhere. And so what happened was user, you know, so they just used a known password that you had been using somewhere else on the Ring device, and and they logged right in, or else it was a weak password. And so most of the hacking that's gotten to the Ring devices is because of poor password management on the part of the user. Mm. So if you fear that somebody may have uh, secured, you know, that your password may be compromised— you could change your password easily. Just you can just go to the, basically go to the Ring website, log in with your account. You can change the password. Now, I would recommend that you activate uh, two-factor authentication. So that way, even if they have your password, they can't log into the Ring device. So what you want to do, and what if you have two-factor authentication? What happens is that every time you log into the Ring account. It will send a text message to your phone, your mobile phone, and maybe it might be six digits. I'm not sure. Typically, they're six digits. And then you have to then take that six-digit code and put it back into the website, and it won't let you log in until you provide the correct six-digit code. And that means you've got two-factor authentication, the password plus the temporary six-digit code. That way, even if somebody has your password, they're not going to get into your account because they don't have your cell phone. So you can easily go to the Rings, Ring, uh, Ring, web, Ring uh, website and go to your account, and you go to a section called Extra Security. And then you 
And then what you want to do, you want to turn on the link that enables extra security, and then you will want to enable two-factor authentication. Now, once you put in your phone number for the two-factor authentication, they're going to send you a text message, and you have to put in the code to verify that, that you actually have the phone. And then once you do that, it's set up, and your Ring account should be secure. Perfect. Listen, we love your emails. We do. Email us at techtalk at stratford.edu, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. It's Saturday morning. You're listening to Tech Talk Radio on Federal News Network. Heard locally on 1500 AM, 103.5 FM HD 2, 103.9 FM HD 2, and exclusively in Loudoun County on 104.5 FM. Watch us do the program by downloading the Periscope device app to your device. I do this all the time. To your uh, device and follow us at WFED Tech Talk. Be right back. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the Internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment. In the next three years, there will be 3.5 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs. How can you make that work for you? Stratford University offers everything you need to succeed, from certifications to bachelor's and even master's degrees in cybersecurity to prepare you for a rewarding career in today's most lucrative and sought-after field, cybersecurity. Stratford has seasoned IT faculty, well-equipped labs, and real-life scenarios to help you achieve practical solutions to today's newest challenges. And Stratford makes a cybersecurity career reality with accelerated classes, year-round program starts, and both on-campus and online options to fit your busy schedule. All disciplines are offered, including digital forensics, networking and telecommunications, and our full line of degrees, including a master's in cybersecurity. Find the future of you with a future in cybersecurity. Go to stratford.edu slash cybersecurity today. That's stratford.edu slash cybersecurity. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the Internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. We're in the virtual faculty lounge at Stratford University talking technology. And now it is time for... Profiles in IT. Yes, today we're going to feature Alessandro Volta. He's an Italian physicist who is best known as the inventor of the electric battery. And what else? And the discoverer of methane. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Little, ex- little excess methane. How'd you go there? <laughs> wow, what a mess. Yeah. One of the biggest causes of global warming, that source of methane. It right is indeed, there. yes, of course. Now, Volta, Volta was born in Como, uh, Italy. On February 18th, 1745. And, uh, you know, this is up in... Let's reiterate, 1745. And this is Profiles in IT. 1745, the inventor of the battery. In in 1774, he became a professor of physics. That's why I like this guy. At the Royal School in Como. A year later, he improved on the electrophorus. It's a device that produces static electricity. He was, like, really focused on electricity back then. In the years between 1776, that's a famous year, and 1778, Volta studied the chemistry of gases. He, um, he discovered methane 
after reading a paper by Benjamin Franklin on flammable air. In 1776, he found methane at Lake Maggiore, and by 1778, he managed to isolate methane. See, so 1776 is very important to this country, but it's also when he found methane. I was going to say that year was a real blast, wasn't it? It was a real blast. Uh, he, He ignited the methane by an electric spark in a closed vessel. That doesn't seem like a good idea. No, it doesn't sound like a good idea. No, I hope it- <laughs> <laughs> In 1776, the measured voltage with the charge, and, he, and it was called Volta's Law of Capacitance. Mm. See, back then, voltage, of course, wasn't called voltage. It would be electropotential, but electropotential then was named after Volta. I was going to ask So now we ask, call uh, it voltage. Volts, voltage and volts, right? Yeah, that was all named after him, but that was just electropotential back then. Uh, 19, in 1779, he became a professor of experimental physics at the University of Pavia, in, in 1780, okay, this is the critical part of the story. Now mm-hmm. listen to this. <laughs> Luigi Galvani had shown that the legs of frogs hanging on iron or brass hooks would twitch when touched with the probe of a, some other type of metal. He thought this response was caused by animal electricity from within the frog. <laughs> okay, let me ask, let me stop you for a sidebar. Were the legs still attached to the frog, or were they? These were dead frog legs. I'm taking it. They were dead. Fro- I don't okay. know. They it will work attached or de- disattached. <laughs> but the thing is, but what he did, he he. But felt, the frogs were dead. Is yeah, the point? But he thought he thought there was still some sort of residual life in them because they could twitch whenever you would touch them with the probe. Mm-hmm. And he went around doing this on uh, doing this on dead bodies. And, oh, my and, and, and he God. would put two probes on it, and he'd and he get a guy I could open. Oh, or, <laughs> or, or, and so And so they, so he, people were thinking this is like an indication that there may still be a spirit there within the body. No, sorry. So. So anyway, they and he, you know, he got a lot of notoriety, Luigi Galvani, but Alessandro Volta said, "I do not think there is animal electricity. I think it's coming from the electrodes themselves." Mm-hmm. Now Volta was impressed with Galvani's findings, but he thought he got the current because there were two different types of metal. So, so the two types of metal were were an accident. It seems yeah, it right? was an accident. It was completely an accident. It was completely an accident. That's right. And so what, what uh, Alessandro Volta did, he took stacks of uh, silver and zinc. Those, so he chose two metals, silver and zinc, and they, he put silver and zinc discs. And then he put layers of cloth or paper soaked in salt water between them. And he stacked up these discs. So he made a, what they call a pile of these things, P-I-L-E. And, um, and then he could measure a volt, electropotential from, be, be, from one end to the other. And it was caused by the difference in the metals. And it turned out that with the frog legs, 
the frog legs was simply serving as the salt water, the conductor between right. the electrodes. The wire. The wire. Yeah, it was the it was the it was the solution that would allow charge to travel from one metal to the other. Because in in a battery, the electron leaves one metal and goes to the other metal because one metal has has a different potential. It it, it, it the metals are different and it takes more voltage to extract the charge from one metal than the other metal. And the difference in the in the voltage that it takes to extract the charge is really the voltage that the battery will see. It's the difference between the two electrodes. So the at the anode, the electrode reacts with the electrolyte and produces electrons, which are going into the solution. These electrons accumulate at the other uh, at the other contact, which is called the anode. Uh, at the cathode, another chemical reaction occurs simultaneously that en- enables the electrons to to escape to accept electrons. So the uh, and so uh, electrons leave the cathode and they go to the anode. Now each of these reactions has a particular standard potential, as they say, and the difference between the standard potential is the voltage produced by the battery, and then the salty water is just the electrolyte. The electrolyte can be a liquid, a gel, a solid substance, whatever allows the movement of charged ions. He described his findings to the Royal Society of London in 1800, and Napoleon was very impressed, and he gave him a, a big award, and because of the battery, the volt, the electropotential as he was measuring, the volt is named after Volta. Interesting. Now, actual, there's actually evidence of batteries dating back to 150 B.C. in Mesopotamia, the Parthian culture used a device known as the Baghdad Battery. I think that's a wrestling move as <laughs> well, a, yeah. I'm not mistaken. <laughs> the Baghdad. It, it was made of copper and iron electrodes, which were stuck in vinegar or citric acid. This, these were basically used for religious ceremonies where they would use that voltage to do something. I, don't know what <laughs> I would love to know what you would use voltage for in a religious ceremony. I, I really have no Cause idea. Cause conversions, perhaps? It could be conversions. That's right. Oh, you know, okay, here you go. Just put your hands on this. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that, but but they, did, they didn't really view it as a big invention of a battery, but, but when they went back to do the research, it was the Baghdad battery, 150 BC. 150 I may BC. have to look up the Baghdad battery. That's right. Now, in 1809, Volta became an associate member of the Royal Institute of the Netherlands. In honor of his work, Volta was made a count by Napoleon Bonaparte in 1810. So now it's Count Alessandro Volta. Volta retired in 1819 to his estate in Como, Italy. And his estate is now named Camnago Volta in his honor. He died March 5th, 1827, just after his 82nd birthday. Volta's remains are buried in the Camnago of Volta, where he lived. And hopefully, Luigi Galvani is not doing any testing on his remains. I hope they're just letting him remain rest in, in peace. Rest in peace, yes. Uh, interesting. So, you know, I guess, the, so where we've come from there is the experimentation between the different types of metals. Is that how we've that's been his, able to make batteries better? Make them better. Yeah, so they, so like the, the, the most recent improvement in the lithium-ion battery, that they, they do lithium cobalt oxide. So they added cobalt to the lithium, and that, and that basically made it uh, increase the energy density. of. That's what the guy got the Nobel Prize for. 
So we're just changing basically the the metals. Yeah, the uh, the yeah, your and the medium of storage, I guess, has probably changed because I would imagine these original batteries are really pretty big, right? right? Yeah. So the so the so the cathode is lithium ion oxide, and then the anode is just carbon or something like that. Mm-hmm. So so they're they're, they're making better cathodes uh, in these in these batteries, and uh, the lithium ion batteries, you might have a gel. Or you, you you might have a, a liquid, you know, to, to to carry the ions. But yeah, they're just trying to improve it a little bit, a little bit at a time. But it all goes back to Alessandro Volta when he realized that it was be the difference in the electropotential between the two metals. I wonder if it was what it was that finally got batteries into regular usage. Maybe it was the the packaging, the the, the portability of it, possibly, and and then how they were these things were actually packaged because. I'd love to see what some of these original batteries were housed in. It's probably glass, right? Don't you yeah, think? Yeah, probably glass. And they, they also were using a lot of sulfuric acid. Uh, so the um, it probably was driven by applications. You know, because back back in the day, I mean, people didn't have cell phones. We didn't, right. We, we didn't we didn't have electric motors. We didn't have starters. So there, I don't think they, there was really a big application for the battery. So it was late 1800s 1900s when we first started having machines and things like that right yeah, that, that, yeah. interesting so, so sort of the, the basic science came first and then the broad the wide scale distribution of that was based on the applications there you go interesting hope you were paying attention because uh, we're going to uh, administer a battery of exams coming up here <laughs> and the winner will get free lunch or something <laughs> like that we're going to play the pop quiz coming up on Tech Talk Radio heard on Federal News Network heard on 1500 AM 1035 FM HD 2 1039 FM HD 2 104.5 FM in Loudoun County you can watch us do the program download the Periscope app to your device follow us at WFED Tech Talk If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the Internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment. In the next three years, there will be 3.5 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs. How can you make that work for you? Stratford University offers everything you need to succeed, from certifications to bachelor's and even master's degrees in cybersecurity to prepare you for a rewarding career in today's most lucrative and sought-after field, cybersecurity. Stratford has seasoned IT faculty, well-equipped labs, and real-life scenarios to help you achieve practical solutions to today's newest challenges. And Stratford makes a cybersecurity career reality with accelerated classes, year-round program starts, and both on-campus and online options to fit your busy schedule. All disciplines are offered, including digital forensics, networking and telecommunications, and our full line of degrees, including a master's in cybersecurity. Find the future of you with a future in cybersecurity. Go to stratford.edu cybersecurity today. That's stratford.edu cybersecurity. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the Internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Live from Washington, it's the Stratford University Pop Quiz with Andrew Mitchell, Jim Russ, Featuring Mr. Big Voice, with musical guest, 
the Stratford University Junkyard Band. And your host, Dr. Richard Schertz. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please be seated. Please be seated. You know, they've been lined up around the building for two weeks waiting to get in for the show. Now, you, you just wait a little bit. You know, later in the show, we're going to be serving frog legs to everybody in the studio. So and, uh, it's, a, well, it's a special treat. And grab your bag with a Baghdad battery on the way out <laughs> the door, right. too. Please. Now, this is not simply a, a radio show. This no. is a classroom of the airways. And yes, we like and today to, it's been more like fourth grade. That's, yeah, more like fourth grade, yes, indeed. <laughs> and we like to see whether... The class has been listening, and so we provide a pop quiz. If you get the right answer to the pop quiz, you'll get two tickets to fine dining at one of our dining rooms, plus of Stratford University, plus you'll get an A-plus for today's show. Earlier in the show, I talked about Alessandro Volta. He's the physicist who invented the electric battery. What experiment by Luigi Galvani prompted him to invent the battery? If you know the answer to today's question... Put down your lighter, pick up your device, and give us a call. If you're dialing from west of the Rockies, it's 877-936-9333. Calling from east of Playa del Shirts, Virginia, it's 877-936-9333. If you're experimenting with methane in Canada, call us on the wild card line. 877-936-9333. Anyone else anywhere else may call us on the international line. It's a blast. 877-936-39333. Now, once again, here's Dr. Richard Schertz. I'd like to first of all compliment you on your mastery of the Italian uh, dialect yes. today. Very nicely done. Well, thank you so much. I'm thank here to you help. so much. Let's talk about the teen hack of the week. Okay. Oh, this is terrible. This, this is, is awful. This is using AirPods for secret this, communication oh, wait in a class. Minute. Okay, I got another one after that. Okay. After you, okay. This, this, this is, this is, this is clever though. Go ahead. You, you've got an. Okay. So what uh-huh. it is? There's a YouTube video that shows a fun way that kids are apparently communicating in class. It appears that they're swapping a single iPod of theirs, you know, and they they take it. They each are wearing one of their iPods and the iPod of their friend. Oh my God. So they have, and so what happens is that then they type into their computer a message, and they use the speech-to-text app, and the message goes into the iPod, and their friend hears it through their iPod. So the iPods are talking to each other. You get that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they it's sit like they've there. Got this, it's like a new, newfangled two-way radio. Yes, and so they're sitting there, and they, they just type a message in their iPhone, and then... It plays with speech-to-text, goes to their iPod. Their friend has one of their iPods. They've got one, so they both hear that message. And then the other guy, they answer back, back and forth. So they can talk to each other without even moving their lips. Now, now you know, it was Apple that first thought of the principle of iPod sharing. The company in the 2017 Christmas ad showed two strangers splitting a pair of iPods so they could dance in the street together. So Apple was the one that gave everybody the idea. So this is actually, um, it's kind of cute. Yeah. So I think that once adults discover this, they're going to start using it during long, boring business meetings. I think you're absolutely and right. I, and I'm thinking the Senate could have used this during the impeachment hearings. I'll bet they were. They could have, they, you know, they, they, they could be sitting back there telling jokes to each other during that. Oh, they, but they weren't allowed to have iPhones in the, in the, in the chamber. Mm-hmm. They had to sit there with no electronics. 
that's that's why they couldn't. That's why they kept well, falling you know, asleep. Might as well punish them. <laughs> Uh, so this other thing, which is really quite dangerous, and actually the Maryland State Fire Marshal says it's illegal. Have you you have not heard about the uh, TikTok outlet challenge? Have you? No, I have okay. not. So what these kids do is they take the iPhone charger and they pu- plug it partially into the wall. So the two prongs that are going into the electrical socket are making contact inside the socket, but part of the prongs are exposed. Then they take a penny, slide it down the wall. So the penny drops and comes into contact with the two contacts on the iPhone Uh charger and sparks. But it can start a fire. It shorts out the electrical system in that socket. And it's incredibly dangerous. I mean, you could electrocute yourself doing this and set the place on fire. So the Maryland State Fire Marshal um, uh, put out a press release last week (laughs) warning people that this is actually – uh, you know, something that's that's illegal and that uh, that uh, if you start a fire, you could get charged with arson for doing you, you this. You could do that. You know, you know, that reminds you something happened to me. I've got behind the, the bed stand. I've got a I got the, the charger is plugged in. Mm-hmm. And one day, unknown to me, a penny slipped off the back of it and fell right down between the two prongs. Oh, my. So the same thing happened. Yeah, but it, just it, happenstance. It, it shorted out the circuit and I couldn't get it to work. And I had to and call. I called an electrician. He came out to check the breaker, check everything, and he said, uh, "Sir, you got a penny here, shorting out your two oh, prongs." So the penny is still sitting on the prong. It didn't bounce off. It just no. It was just sitting there, but it was oh, it was wow. it was behind. I couldn't and you see couldn't it. See it? I couldn't see it. Well, you're lucky it didn't start a fire. But I had to pay a hundred dollars to have some guy come out and tell me there was a penny shorting out my. Well, you're out my probably charger. lucky that a professional, because I mean, Lord knows if you had touched that, you gotta you gotta electrocute you, yourself. You never know. Yeah. All good, right. Good thing I had a breaker there. That is a good thing. This is Tech Talk Radio, heard on Federal News Network, 1500 AM, 1035 FM HD2, 1039 FM HD2, and in Loudoun County at 104.5 FM. Learn more about Stratford University by going to stratford.edu. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the Internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment. In the next three years, there will be 3.5 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs. How can you make that work for you? Stratford University offers everything you need to succeed, from certifications to bachelor's and even master's degrees in cybersecurity to prepare you for a rewarding career in today's most lucrative and sought-after field, cybersecurity. Stratford has seasoned IT faculty, well-equipped labs, and real-life scenarios to help you achieve practical solutions to today's newest challenges. And Stratford makes a cybersecurity career reality with accelerated classes, year-round program starts, and both on-campus and online options to fit your busy schedule. All disciplines are offered, including digital forensics, networking and telecommunications, and our full line of degrees, including a master's in cybersecurity. Find the future of you with a future in cybersecurity. Go to stratford.edu slash cybersecurity today. That's stratford.edu slash cybersecurity. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. 
IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Welcome back to the virtual faculty lounge at Stratford University. This is Tech Talk Radio. Because, oh, yeah. Walk in. Hi, folks. This is David Burke. Don't stop making vibes. You hate this, don't you? <laughs> not, uh, not one of my favorite intros. I, I, your production. Do you great. have, do you have an intro upstairs? I do. I do have an intro. Upstairs. No, you don't. Yes, I do. <laughs> no, you don't. Yes, I do. <laughs> hey, don't give me that Renee Zellweger face. I, I, I'm thinking. Don't it, give me that Renee Zellweger. <laughs> I think it is a much, much. I, I heard you. I this think morning. it's some kind of dogs barking or something upstairs. What do yeah, you think? It, 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 does the Mr. Big Voice guy? And now from the glass enclosed nerves that are here is <laughs> David Burr. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you boys talking about? The, uh, uh, you, the elevator in the sky? What are we doing? Do you, oh, do you, you missed do that. You, do, you, do you have the iPhone 6 yet? No, and I'm not going to get it either. The iPhone 6 Plus? <laughs> no, I don't care. I just don't care. I really don't. I, How about know. the iPad Air no, 2? I have an iPad Mini. That's all I need. Yeah, really. No, you, hey, you know, no, We don't you, have to do the Pavlov's dog thing every year. <laughs> oh, Apple's got something new. Well, let's all run to the stores and drop 800 bucks on it. Hey, I don't have that kind of dough. I, I, don't, I don't need a oh, big Oh, that's right. You're in radio. Hey, Scoot, let me ask you a question. Do you want a big screen TV in your pants? No, really. You want to put one in your hey pants? Hey, now. Or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> really? Where do you put that stinking iPhone? I, I don't, Let's put a big screen TV right in my pants. Let's walk around with it. I, I was just telling Doc before the show, my it's daughter stupid. My daughter calls me a couple weeks ago. My, I think my iPhone's dying. I said, well... It either works or it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not like yeah. this gradual. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, so well, you want you want a six, right? No. Yeah. yeah okay. So I got her a six, and guess I upgraded to Plus? a five or the six. No, just the the the, the small one. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Come on, why? I, so it's they, like carrying so they, toast around in your pocket. So the only the only advantage of the six plus is that. It can serve as like a little iPad for well, yeah. you. Mm-hmm. You can turn well, it on the you, side. So if you don't have an iPad. Yeah, that's the whole point. If you already have an iPad, they're stupid to go buy an iPhone it's not, 6 Plus. I mean, now, on. the one advantage that it has, because the battery is basically a thin two-layer thing just below the screen. So it's a bigger mm-hmm. screen. Mm-hmm. So people with iPhone 6 Plus are reporting two-day battery life. Two days? Two days. Wow. Because it, the right. battery is so much bigger. Right. Because the battery is basically the size of the device, right? It's, it's a, just a little it's, it's, it's right. wafer thin. It's, it's a, it's a, thin, it's, so it's a thin layer of stuff just below the screen. That's so the why big, your so the bigger lasts longer than your phone. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's it. There you go. Now you've got the no, message. You learned something I today. It. So I don't need I don't need the iPhone six plus. So so this yeah. so this is what happened. Yeah, uh, put an etch sketch in your pants. How's people that feel? people are buying. Settle down over there. People, okay. a lot of people are buying the six plus mm-hmm. before they felt it, and, and as soon as they get it, it's so big they're returning it. Well, that's stupid. I so mean, where, where do you? Where, what's a holster look like for that thing? No, well, no, it's gonna look stupid. No, no, no. Now I've talked to two women that like it because they have a purse. Well, yeah, fine. But, but are you gonna buy a man bag? I'm really? not. I'm not buying a man bag. So yeah, there you are. No, I'm not. I'm Come not. On. But no, I am not. You're, hey, Jimmy. No way. No way, bag. Jose. I'm not buying a man bag. From now, he's coming in with a man bag. Only if it has like a Stratford University logo on it. Okay, well that's. It's one of those freebie like. It's got to be free, you know. And this is wonderful. It somewhere. So so here's okay. so somebody at Stratford uh, uh, bought an iPhone 6 Plus without holding it, and they got it in, and they hated it. Hate it. 
So they went to, it was AT&T, but they bought it from the Apple store on of an course. AT&T plan. Yeah, they got the plan. So, uh, and so it turns out, this is very important, if you return it within 14 days, oh, really? there's no restocking fee or anything. No, nothing. But if you wait to the 15th day, See you're you. hosed. And sometimes they count the 14 days from the day it was shipped. Oh, wow. Not the day you received it. No kidding. No, wait a minute. Now, now, guys, let's be honest here. Aren't we regressing? Aren't we going back to the lunchbox phones? Yeah, that's what it is. Isn't that what we wanted to get away from? Did you stuff in your Sansevelt slacks? Yeah, I I got a big screen TV in my pants now. Mm -hmm. Walking around, I'm very uncomfortable. It's a family show. It is just just too, too big. So what he did, he he went to the Apple store. And they logged on, and they said, I'm sorry, we can't return this because Uh-oh. it's blocked by AT&T. What? So then he went. This was he was at the mall. So he went to the AT&T store. And AT&T store, they said, well, I'm sorry. You bought it from Apple, so you can't return it here. So Uh-oh. he Uh-oh. took the manager Uh-oh. of the AT&T store down to the Apple store, and the two managers figured out how he could return the phone. Well, listen. We, we, that must have been fun to watch. We all know why. It was fun to watch. We all know why Apple came up with the six plus because of the Galaxy, the Samsung. Sure. Uh, I know that's issues right. Issues over here, but I think Samsung people but and Apple people are two different tot- sets of folks. Yeah, absolutely, I couldn't agree. Couldn't, I don't yeah. want a big honking phone that takes two no. hands no. to work. I, I've does it seen not the people, take two hands? Down? Yeah, it does. Two hands. It, it takes two hands. I don't want a two-handed phone. I see people no. in public w- walking around with their giant Samsung. I'm, I'm thinking. What century are they from? Yeah, let's get an Edgar Winter strap for my phone. I can put it around my neck and walk around like I'm playing the organ. I mean, come on, really? It's called a cell phone. It's mobile. How can it be mobile? When it's the size of a yeah. mm-hmm. and, jumbotron. And, you, and for you folks who already bought the regular iPad, the mini pad, and the regular phone, what are you doing buying an iPhone 6 Plus? Really? Why? I would not want it. Although no. although I've talked to two women that like it. Are you because the, are you because the it, fits in, it fits in their purse. Are you the same guys that have to buy the new North Face jacket to go with it? No, really. Really? Do you have to do with that? These special iPhone zipper yeah. on my Now special. listen, I, I you got Apple pants, don't you, Doc? <laughs> no, no. I, you bought oh, Apple oh, pants. Oh, oh, I, pants. I heard the designers are now redesigning <laughs> pockets to fit to yeah. fit the iPhone. Oh God. But, yeah, now, I, I've got a I, I've got a picture of Wendy on my doomed. chest where I put the phone. Come <laughs> on, really? Now here's this the is stupid. Here's the here's straps. the other thing that that Apple Apple did do something innovative with their iPad. Air release. They came out with. Well, what's innovative? Help me out. They came here. up with the Apple SIM. The, the Apple, Apple you're getting, SIM. You're getting a glazed look. For the iPad? A SIM card it's, for the iPad? But it's an Apple SIM. Well, yeah. What does that mean? See, it used to be you'd get a SIM card for AT&T, a SIM card for T-Mobile, a SIM card for right, Sprint. Right. Now you can have an Apple SIM and you select the carrier from a drop-down menu. Get out of here. Isn't that so, that's the new is Apple that, is SIM? That only, is that only for the new iPad? Yeah. But isn't wow. what? Listen, this That's is nice. this is what Apple. This was, I think, the biggest innovation that sprint, came out. I'm not liking this news. Okay. Yeah. So, so what? So what? What Apple wants to do is actually make the carriers irrelevant. And they're doing so. You, so you take your suppose you take your uh, you know your iPad Air two right. to India, mm-hmm. drop down menu, you pick a local data plan for it. Boom, and you don't. Oh. You mean you see? Okay, done, okay so so they go to Costa go, Rica. Yeah. Well, so so your device will automatically recognize where you are and right. and find the so, carriers for that so place. This, so this, but but here's what we've got: AT and T, or rather, Apple now has T-Mobile, AT and T, and Sprint on, mm-hmm. and they have one company from UK, EE, on it. 
But now what's going to happen? I've never heard of EE, but it's so what's going to happen though? Pretty soon, all the carriers are going to realize. Wait a minute here. If I'm not on the drop down menu, I'm going to lose business. Right. So there's going to so this was like the opening salvo, and I think eventually all the carriers will get on it, and then the the carriers are going to be they're just wholesale providers of bandwidth. Yep. Wow. And it's all going to be about Apple. Wow. Apple's doing the same thing with Apple. The other, you know, is Apple Pay. Well, help me out with this iPhone 6. They're saying that you can get the Renee Zilger software in the iPhone 6 in case you want to change the face of the phone. I just went. That was a long way to swim. That was a long way to go. I was wondering where you are going. I know, man. I'm sorry. See, this is because Johnny Ives, who's the design guy. He name dropper. Listen to him. Is also also, also in charge of the software for the iPhone. So he's making the software part of the design element. So you see, what are you looking at? What kind of jacket do you have on? What does it say? I don't know what it Mayo says. Mayo Cougar. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> what does that say? I have no idea what it says. <laughs> what? No, it says what country? Free country. Free country. I have okay. no idea. I have no idea what it than says. The, the Cougar. <laughs> so, so this Apple Sim, I think, oh, is the biggest is the biggest development. That is a big. Development. Now, how about Apple Pay? One question about the SIM thing, the SIM card. Is this going to be? Are you going to be able to retrofit other Apple devices with that? That's a good question. At the at the current time, no. no. Does it look like the other SIM cards? It does. It does, but it it doesn't fit into anything else. But 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 you can see where this is going. It's eventually going to be system wide. This is like their opening salvo to sort of take over. That market, and so this is the this is the beginning. Doc, last Pretty question neat. for me because I have to, I have to roll out. Of you here. got another job, right? Yeah, but see, I, 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 I think we should talk about Apple Center. Pay. Apple well, Pay. Apple Pay. Yeah, I don't know if I trust this. Yet. Uh, listen, well, okay. The first problem with Apple Pay was anybody that used it who has a Bank of America account. Every Uh-oh. time you charge it, Uh-oh. it would it would double it would double charge. Ooh. Oh great! And so oh, then oh, and so oh. then they and so then they went That's back. Good. And so then they went back to Apple Apple and Apple said, you know. Because we keep all of your data, you know, confidential, and sure, we don't even yeah. know what you do, yeah. we don't know if they're double charged or not. Oh, so right. then, they, so then they went to uh, to um, Bank of America, and they found the software glitch. So now they're fixing it. Okay. And so now that's fixed. But Apple Pay is going to mm-hmm. make no. Listen, really? it's going to make yeah. plastic irrelevant. I hope so. It's because you're just going to tap your phone. Yeah. Well. Put on your th- and use your thumbprint to, to authenticate, which is a lot better. The thumbprint is a lifesaver on this deal. I yeah. Well, otherwise. right. I don't like this because it means I got to get a six. I don't want a yeah, six. I don't want a six. I don't want a six. I, don't I, six. I like my Apple, five. Apple, Dad, Apple, I don't Apple, want a six. You know, you, you, you've got to get a six to get near field communication, which is what six. Apple says. I don't want a six. That's the only I'm reason that I'm going to get the six is I want to get near field communication. No, that's not the only reason. He wants a man back. I want Apple Pay. Where's the yellow flag? Throw the flag on this flag. That is obviously not. Not true, Doc. Okay. Come on. I mean, it's, it's a nice conversation to have, but you know, you and I. He both wants know. the man bag and the. He strapping. wants a man bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I like, I like the, the, the uh, it's a clutch. The male cougar iPhone bag. <laughs> I like, I, you know, I, I also like to have the fastest really? internet connection yeah, in the cul-de-sac. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, well, I know yeah. Speed does matter. Weren't you guys going to a break before I sent in? Yeah. I no, we weren't. We were just starting something. We, we made space. With me. We yeah. made space for me. For you. Okay. We were, we're getting uh-huh. into new profiles in IT, and we just oh, delayed it to have this well, we critical could, conversation we, here. So. We were going to do profiles in IT of a guy whose name we can't pronounce. That's right. Exactly. That's exactly. right. But he had nothing to do with the space elevator. Or Renee 
Zellweger. No, not. Right. Well, nothing. we're not sure of that yet. Am I being toothpaste? Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I have to leave now. <laughs> okay. you, it's been that's fun. That's all you came down <laughs> That's all I came down for, just to work this out. Okay. okay. Very Thank good. you. It works. Take it upstairs and use it. I got into cleaning my computer this week. You know, I, I got into this, this little. I thought I've got to clean the keyboard of this computer. Yes. And so that brought me to the product of the week. It's a Color Coral Universal Keyboard Cleansing Gel. Mm-hmm. And you can you can uh, you can just Google this Color Coral Universal Keyboard Cleansing Gel. It comes in a jar, and you take it out of the jar, and it looks like silly putty, and it's sticky, and it smells like lemon. And you push this down into the keyboard, and it pulls up all the loose stuff. And um, I've got a picture there for you, Jim. You can yes. see how it's doing it. And, and, you, I, and you just sort of roll it across the keyboard, and that allows you to pick up all this stuff without, without. Uh, your picture you know. really doesn't do it any uh, justice because the stuff is yellow. And I've just called up the. Uh, Here, here's the thing. It's because when you made the show copies, you used the black and white option instead of the color option. It's because that's the only option we in have. The original, in the original PDF, it is a, uh, a color picture. It's yellow. What you're hearing in the background is the video that shows you how to use this goo. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It's this is this is great. I need to get this. this Somebody's stuff, now mashing it into the keyboard. Yeah, and, and it pulls it right out. See, because you, you don't. <laughs> I listen. I, I I made that the product of the week because I was super happy with that with with this stuff. You, now it's this is the product of of the decade. And the thing is, it's got a pleasant lemon scent gel. So after <laughs> you finished with it, your laptop instead of stinking like spilled coffee and. And, and who you know, knows what and else? And who knows what else? It has this fresh lemon smell to it. Now, the only problem is, in the video, they're doing this on a clean computer. And so it doesn't really it doesn't really translate, but it's... It man, works. It, it works. It got really high, high reviews. You need to... We need to put this in for the... Before we do Christmas next year, this is a stocking stuff. Yeah, that would be... That's a good one. Now, now some people, if you, if you don't want to use the Silly Putty, you can always use compressed gas duster... And there's mm-hmm. a great one called Falcon Dust Off Electronics Compressed Gas Duster. It's a great way you just spray gas all over your keyboard and blow the stuff out. But I think this silly putty is just more elegant. Now, can you can you wash this stuff off and then put it back, or is it is it a single use goo? No, you just you you just you just sort of make another ball. You roll and it you, up, you put it back you, in the jar, and, and you just keep using it again. Yeah. Wow. I wonder if see some of these things you can actually wash it. Off and watch but, but the see, it, front it's, off of it's it. like silly putty. So you yeah. you just sort of put the outside on the inside, and you got a new outside, and you just keep you just keep. <laughs> but at some point, you got to run out of inside for at, outside. At some Does point. that make any sense? I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I don't know if you can wash it, but uh, anyway, that is the product of the week. Now, th- now there's a second product of the week. Yes, because on your computer, you also have a computer screen. The two things you got to clean, you got to clean the screen if, and the if, keyboard. If you have a real computer, yes, you have a computer Well, screen. even if you have a, an iPad, you, you need to clean the screen. And so what you want to use is this microfiber cleaning cloth, you know. And so there's mm-hmm. this magic fiber microfiber cleaning cloth, and you can get about 30 pads for 20 bucks. You know, it's about, you know, a dollar a pad, 70 cents a pan. Mm-hmm. This is a high-quality cloth, and it will take away any dust, dirt, oil, fingerprint smudges. And each of these bag, each of these cloths has its very own uh, little bag, so you you can you can you know keep them keep them all nice and clean in their little bag. Now these things also work. Well, they'll work on any screen, so you can clean. And I use these microfiber cloths for cleaning my glasses. 
That's a good idea because you know people use all kinds of crazy things to clean their glasses, yeah. and there and there are coatings on glasses and, now. And if you yeah, use the wrong stuff, it breaks it down. I mean, if you use a paper towel, if you use if you it. use a, a you know a dish dust a dish rag or something, I mean, you it, can't it, use Windex. Windex will break yeah, down. Yeah, it's the coatings. not good. And so you, you need a microfiber cleaning cloth. And so I use these microfiber cleaning cloths for my glasses. So I just wanted to talk about cleaning the computer. We've got the uh, Color Coral Universal Keyboard Cleaning Gel. Combined with the microfiber cleaning cloths, boom, you're going to have a clean computer. You know, this came up before the show because I was in here. I tidy up before we do the show every uh-huh. day and every Saturday. And I was cleaning off my iPhone. So I, I use these. They have these eco-friendly, you know, wipes. Yes. So I clean off the countertops, and then I wipe down my iPad and my and my cell phone that we do the, the mm-hmm. Periscope broadcast on. And Andrew says... Oh, you're one of those people who do that. and Or something to that effect. Andrew's looking at me through the glass like I'm nuts. But I said, yeah, well, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, what are you going to use? But maybe, now we should we know. Ju- maybe we should use this, this silly putty gel on the, on, the, on the keyboards here. I at, think I'm going to order this stuff, yeah. and we're, okay. going to, we're going to do show and tell. Right on the show. On and the that, show. And that way you can clean the key Because you don't know what's been going on with these keyboards. Oh, I, I think I do, and I don't want to think about it. Over the break, we decided to head out into the boat here. Yeah, we're uh, we're out in the uh, Stratford Sound. We're out Stratford Sound. We're we decided fishing. That, we decided, yeah, uh, Jim, uh, you ever, you've, you've done much fishing? Do you like to? When I was a kid, I did a lot of fishing because I spent a lot of time on a boat that was tied to the dock. It didn't go anywhere. So it was the only thing my brother and I could do to kill time was fish. But I haven't fished in a long time. I, I used to fish for catfish and for bass and then more recently for trout, mm-hmm. just on the freshwater side. But I always wondered, why are fish white? Well, it turns out that uh, mussel is made of two kinds of fibers. Mm-hmm. You have to call the slow fiber. Now, the slow fire burns fats to provide energy. You, you, Jim, you're going to have to change the bait. I don't think you're getting anything. No, you know, we I need think, to throw some yeah. chum overboard or something. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. You, you, you put a, now, put a bigger worm on your hook. Right here. No, <laughs> you, you put, a bigger, put a bigger worm. Yeah, Jim. I'm good at catching old Jim, tires in Jim, refrigerators. Jim, you, you can't be throwing M80s and fireworks into no. the water. That's not. You can't fish that way, It's Jim. not nice to the no, fish. No, it isn't. Well, they have slow fires. Now, they burn fat to provide energy. Now, these muscles need oxygen to operate. And so these slow fibers are well-suited for working continuously, like walking around. Fast fibers, they burn glycogen, and they do not need oxygen to burn. Fast fibers don't need myoglobin. They're always white. Fast fibers can only operate in short bursts. Now, the, fi- the, the fast fibers are short, and they fall apart when they're cooked. So you see, fish, by and large, they just sit around most of the time, and they'll have a quick burst of energy. Right. Now, land animals need to support their own weight, so they have typically have slow fibers. Now, sharks, which must con- swim continuously all the time, they actually aren't, can, cannot be all fast fiber because mm-hmm. they, they don't. They have to swim continuously. So some of the bigger fish tend to have some slow fibers in them, which would explain my tuna, salmon, things like yeah, that. Yeah, they have they have slow fibers, and they and so they're a little they're a little bit more oilier and they're darker and they they taste different. That's it for this week. Join us next week for more Tech Talk Radio, heard on Federal News Network, fifteen hundred AM, one zero three five FM HD two, one zero three nine FM HD two, and in Loudoun County on one zero four point five. FM.
Tech Talk Radio is sponsored by Stratford University. For more information on courses at Stratford University, call 1-800-444-0804. Thanks for listening to Tech Talk Radio Online.